This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in. It's a special early week edition of the Lions 24-7 podcast. Tyler Donahue, Sean Fitz with you in the final week of January. First weekend of February is going to be a key one for Penn State on the recruiting trail. We'll talk about that more later in the week with another episode. We will also have another interview with an early enrolled member of the Penn State freshman class. But we are here today on a Tuesday afternoon, Sean, to focus on the new rankings reveal after years of evaluation process from the 24-7 Sports uh, Recruiting Network. Those guys put in all the time and effort logging the miles at high school games, camps, Everywhere in between, we've got our final top 24-7 out on Tuesday afternoon. It includes a fresh set of five stars, and among them, a Penn State signee, Curtis Jacobs. You've been pounding the table for a long time, Sean. He is a five-star in the final 24-7 rankings. Yeah, somebody finally listened to me, so that's a, that's a good thing. Uh, but no, I, I mean, this is this is a guy that obviously jumps out when you put the tape on. Um, we've talked about Curtis Jacobs a lot. We're going to talk about him even more today, but I'm happy for Curtis because you you look at, uh, you know, I, I've been following him since he was a sophomore. Actually, I think early in his sophomore year, the kid has just always stood out uh, no matter what uh, form that he was in. I remember I went to the Under Armour camp a couple of years ago. He was working out at receiver. Um, he did a fantastic job at receiver. He was also 6'2", 220 at that point, uh, I think after his sophomore season. So I was like, dude, this, this guy is not going to be a, a wide receiver at the next level. Is he an H-back? He's probably better off on the defensive side of the ball, and that's really where he ended. I mean, he's going to be—I'm uh, not sure—I I, I haven't looked where he stands among linebackers, but obviously he's going to be the top three or four linebackers in the country. Uh, phenomenal prospect, phenomenal football player, and really uh, another drama-free recruitment for a five-star, which we saw with Lance Dixon, we saw with Brandon Smith last year. Uh, it's kind of refreshing. So uh, you know, all, all the kudos in the world to to Curtis Jacobs, Penn State, getting another really good one uh, to pair with that great linebacker. Linebacker, uh, linebacker room that they've already got. I'm looking through the spreadsheet here. He is the number two outside linebacker in 24-7 sports rankings. He's the number four overall linebacker when you factor in those inside guys you referenced last year. Lance Dixon, Brandon Smith, they were the top overall linebackers on the outside and on the inside, respectively. And then a year before, of course, Micah Parsons. Uh, he was labeled as a defensive end, but he was a five-star talent. Uh, so that room is getting a, a lot better once again. We'll talk about that more in a moment. But uh, he lands at number 24. Sean uh, that's a 10 spot rise for him in these final rankings and there's also a new number one overall it was Brian Brezzi I believe since the very first 24-7 uh, rankings for these you know two years ago Brezzi 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 he ends up at number three number one the rich get richer Alabama gets quarterback Bryce Young out of California and for those out there wondering Julian Fleming, number four in the final rankings. Bryce Young, I believe, grew up a Penn State fan too. Um, but uh, that's that was 
irrelevant in his recruitment. That kid's phenomenal. I did my five stars on 24-7 Sports. You can check them out. I had Bryce Young number one. I had DJ number two. That I think it's a special top of the quarterback class. And really, Bryce Young's only about 5'11", 6 foot. But the things that he can do, you know, Kyler Murray kind of broke that mold in terms of short quarterbacks. So, uh, you know, I put Bryce Bryce Young up there. I think he's a phenomenal player. But Bressy's up there. Uh, Julian Fleming's in the mix, of course, to, to open some own old wounds for Penn State fans. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's an interesting class because I, I, I like a lot of the offensive linemen. I like a lot of the edge rushers. Um, but I, I also like guys that maybe aren't valued in certain spots. And that, that was my only holdup when I'm talking about Curtis Jacobs as a five-star is you're talking draft value. 24-7 sports, the way that we do it, of course, is based on the NFL draft. Whether or not you agree with that, I mean, that, that can be up in the air, but not a ton of linebackers flying off the board unless they're probably three, four edge rushing type guys. Curtis Jacobs could be a three, four edge rusher if he, if he wanted to. I'm, I, th- I think the kid is that good. I think if you can put him out there at any linebacker position, which Penn State will have the flexibility to do so when he gets on campus, he can really step up and, and play with anybody in the country. I think his cover skills are good. Um, I, I'm still curious where they fit him in. Um, do you have him back up Micah at the will if Micah is indeed uh, going back to the will this year? Um, do you put him out and let him float at Sam? We, of course, saw Brandon Smith move to Sam this year. Lance Dixon started at Sam. Now at will. He wants to play Sam. So, I I mean, you've, you've certainly got, not, I won't call it a logjam. There's a ton of talent in there, but you've got flexibility at all those spots. And Penn State moving forward this is going to be the last year they have Micah Parsons. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But, I mean, they're in a good spot. Brent Price, uh, r- really, when you think about where they were, uh, I guess Michigan in 2016, when everybody remembers Jan Johnson tearing his ACL because he probably shouldn't have been e- even been in the game, how far they've come in the last four years. I mean, that linebacker room has has become something special, and they'll continue to uh, to progress in that direction with uh, with Curtis Jacobs. Yeah, back in 16, you had Cam Brown forced into action. Think about where his physical stature was at that point as a true freshman starting games in the Big Ten. And now you think about Brandon Smith, Lance Dixon, five stars last year. Neither of them were required to start a game during their first year on campus. A major, uh, major push there. By the way, we've talked a lot about how Penn State trying to break through to that top tier and what, what it's going to take uh, on the recruiting trail, uh, on the college football playoff rankings. I'm looking through here in the top 15 alone, Sean. Four going to Clemson, three going to Alabama, three going to Ohio State out of, the, out of that top 15 group. So again, doesn't get any easier. That that climb continues for Penn State, but uh, you know they, they've they've done pretty well for themselves. They have seven guys. We'll get to them in a bit. Seven total guys in the final top 24/7. There are a few others who will be four stars in these final rankings, whose rankings are not yet determined. But uh, we'll talk about this in a moment. But, but to lend more perspective, Charles Powers, Barton Simmons, they're part of the rankings committee for Penn State. Hopefully, you listen to our uh, post signing day podcast where Barton Simmons came on. He's the director of scouting for 24/7 Sports. He did a tremendous job breaking down uh, this 20 this uh, 2020 Penn State recruiting class with us. Here are their initial thoughts on on why Curtis. Jacobs ascended to the five-star territory. Penn State's got another five-star linebacker uh, at number 24, Curtis Jacobs, a long guy we've we've long been excited about and bullish on given his profile and what he does in the basketball court, what he can do catching the football on the perimeter as a receiver. Uh, I think he did enough, Charles, at at, at Under Armour to to lock that five-star spot down, right? Yeah, and it's always tough to, to judge linebackers in that setting, especially in practice. So you, you try to watch them in the game and, and kind of how they move and 
Curtis Jacobs had a great senior year. Um, definitely one of the best uh, high school players kind of in that Atlantic East, Eastern Seaboard area. Um, and I kind of going back watching, um, kind of watching one-on-ones and, and just clips from, from the opening finals. I thought he was maybe like one of the best cover linebackers out there also. And he's, he's a guy who could play on the edge. Like he really kind of plays as a pass rusher in high school. So you're talking about like just the complete skill set, uh, just hit with his size, athleticism, makes plays at, at every event he goes to. Um, and, and on top of being a great high school player. So I know he's one that we're probably higher on than most, but I, I think it's, it's merited. He's just a, a really strong overall prospect with, with, not a lot of que- not not a lot of holes in his game, but but also a lot of upside. Yeah, and I, this is I think one that's important to note probably that I think senior film was probably the biggest driver of this than anything. And yeah. we had positioned him to, in five star striking distance based off senior film, and then just you know he got got that last little look to to make sure all was good. But his senior film took a big leap and 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 really um, I think cemented his status. Mentioned that in the past three recruiting cycles alone, Penn State has signed four five-star linebackers. Last year with Lance Dixon and Brandon Smith, we'll see what 2020 uh, awaits for them. And then Curtis Jacobs now coming to campus and Micah Parsons, of course. And to your point, you mentioned this earlier, where do you put linebackers? How do you project linebackers when you're trying to, to rank guys based on eventual draft value? Micah Parsons is the number one overall linebacker in the most recent uh, CBS uh, 2021 prospect projection. All the guys who aren't in the draft this year, they ranked the top 32 this week. Parsons number one linebacker, but number 15 overall. And in the notes, it says he he is essentially has no weaknesses. And yet there he is at number 15. So that is part of that. I think that is a factor. When you look over the history of 24-7 sports rankings, that dates back to 2010. So a full decade sample size. Here are the five stars that have come to Penn State. 2013 quarterback Christian Hackenberg, 2016 Michael Mennett, Shane Simmons, 2018 Micah Parsons, Justin Shorter, 2019 Lance Dixon, Brandon Smith, and now Curtis Jacobs will be arriving. You notice I said 24-7 sports specific rankings because you look at the composite, that brings guys like Miles Sanders in, that brings guys like Ricky Slade in, who was a five-star composite, speaking strictly about those who were labeled five-stars by this site alone. Yeah, it's been hit and miss, hasn't it? It's uh, it's really an interesting group of guys. I mean, you look back and and Hackenberg, you know, is what he was, um, and obviously that did not pan out. Shane Simmons has not panned out to date. Michael Mennett's been very good, still as an interior offensive lineman. Maybe go back and check that again. Justin Shorter's now at Florida. Uh, that news broke this week, but. You know, you, you started to turn the corner there a little bit. You got Micah Parsons. And really, I mean, for, for what, uh, four of those eight numbers, or excuse me, five of those eight numbers to come in the last three cycles, uh, that's obviously trending up. And, you know, five stars are not the be-all, end-all. They got to do it when they, they get to campus. You obviously saw that with Shorter this year. Um, but uh, it's a, it, you want more of those guys than you you know, then, then you're not getting. So, uh, yeah, obviously you missed out on Bressy and, uh, Fleming and some other guys this year, but at the same time, this is a, this was a down cycle for Penn state. We've talked about that before. You can't string a couple of those together, but seems to be trending back up in 2021. Cause there's a bunch of those guys that, uh, you know, that we expect to be in the mix for five-star, uh, potential, you know, in the long term in that next class. Yeah, and it's it's always you want to if you hit on a, a decent percentage, it always helps to have that higher volume of blue chips because those misses hurt a little less. Now, Curtis Jacobs is only one third of a blue chip linebacker class. You're going to see Tyler Elson with a four star rating from Penn State. He'll be outside the top two four seven, but one of the big risers of this class. We'll talk about him more in a moment. Zariah Fisher 
also a four-star, Sean, in the final 24-7 sports rankings. We talked about the depth that has been cultivated in that room. Uh, you're losing a former walk-on in Jan Johnson, who ended up being a two-year starter for you. You're losing Cam Brown, who worked on his, his physique over the course of his career. He's now preparing for the NFL after a couple years as a starter. And then you look at what's upcoming in that room, uh, You know whether it's a guy like Ellis Brooks, a former four-star, or Brandon Smith, or Lance Dixon, now Curtis Jacobs in that mix. And you throw these two guys in there, uh, you know, there's a lot going on in that room. And I think it leads me to ask you this, Sean. Last year, Lance Dixon was initially given the green light. They said, eh, not so fast. I don't think these special teams reps are worth it. We're going to pull him back. Keep that red shirt there. Brandon Smith showed enough to warrant extensive action on special teams, saw, saw significant reps in defensive action, mostly in blowout circumstances, but he got his feet wet quite a bit. This year, Curtis Jacobs, what is a realistic expectation? This is a kid where if he went to a lot of schools in the country, you'd say he might be a plug-and-play starter. Uh, can't see that being the case at Penn State, of course. I don't see him being a plug-and-play starter, but I put him more in that Brandon Smith category than the Lance Dixon. Lance still, you know, really essentially needed to play linebacker. And now Curtis is a guy that's been all over the field for McDonough, which, you know, they've been very productive when he's been out there. He's played safety. He's been an edge rusher. He's just kind of been all over the place, but he was seen more uh, linebacker type play. Uh, you know, his instincts, I mean, maybe you give the, the edge to Tyler Elsden in terms of instincts uh, when you when you flip on the film. But, uh, you know, Curtis kind of reminds me of Micah in the sense that, you know, he can see ball and he can make that reaction and go get it. And he's athletic enough. He's quick enough to make that close and to make that big play. So um, I, I kind of put him in the Brandon Smith uh, play right away, maybe not get a ton of reps. Uh, maybe that uh, increases. And I think that's something that Penn State probably had planned with Cam, uh, with uh, with Brandon Smith backing up Cam Brown to see his time maybe increase over the uh, the stretch run. That didn't happen, but uh, still, you played him enough to, to sort of get his feet wet and get him going into next year. I see Jacobs in that role. I, I mean, I think he's a good enough football player, a good enough potential linebacker that you can throw out there and that he can crack that two deep and, and stick in that two deep. And it's not an easy thing to do. You mentioned there's a lot of talent there. Of course, Ellis Brooks is there. Jesse Lucetta is still bouncing around there. They've, they've got a bunch of guys that, that, that have played some football, that have got the that experience edge on Jacobs. But like I said, this Jacobs is a guy that you can plug in any of those three spots and, and say, hey, do your thing. See if you can get out there. Um, but uh, yeah, it's going to be tough to, to, to break through from a linebacker's perspective. But hey, he's a five-star. You don't expect those guys to stay uh, for five years, even if you do redshirt them. One thing to note here, Sean, unlike Micah Parsons, unlike Lance Dixon, unlike Brandon Smith, Curtis Jacobs, not on campus in January. All three of those guys had a spring camp, had the winter conditioning under their belt before they got into the summer period. Uh, we'll see if that sets back Curtis Jacobs any, but I'm with you. I see him seeing the field this year. I see him burning that red shirt. We'll see how extensive that is and depth is in a good place right now at linebacker. You mentioned a similarity and maybe the way he attacks like Micah Parsons. You're not the only one who saw some similarities there. I spoke with Terry Smith, defensive recruiting coordinator for Penn State, cornerbacks coach as well, and of course a former Nittany Lions player in his own right. And Terry was quick to, to point out some mental similarities that he's seen that have helped Micah Parsons during his time in Happy Valley and, and may suit Curtis Jacobs well right away when he gets to the campus. Here were those thoughts. Yeah, his, his athleticism is very similar to Micah's. His mentality, you know, when you talk about elite guys and you talk like Saquon and you talk Pat Firemuth and you talk Micah Parsons, those guys' mindsets are different. You know, K.J. Hamler's mindset is different. You know, we have a lot of guys that are really good, 
but they don't have the elite mindset. And, and that's what separates the guys that have great success in the NFL as opposed to guys that come in for two, three, four, five years in NFL. So, you know, with Curtis Jacobs, we feel like he has that. You know, he has an elite mindset. He has an elite work ethic. Um, and his ball skills, his athleticism, you know, we're just excited to get him here and get him to the weight room and train him up and, and, and just push him forward. So there you hear it. Uh, Curtis Jacobs, obviously a player who who sounds like he is equipped from a mental standpoint to come in, and, and it is not always an easy transition, regardless of your ranking. We have talked about this with other players in the past. And, Sean, one thing you have repeatedly mentioned about Curtis Jacobs is you put him anywhere on the field, you like his chances to win the battle, and, and, and that's always something that stands out from a recruiting perspective. Yeah, like I said a little bit earlier, it's something that stood out since the first time we saw him. He was a receiver. He wanted to play receiver. He thought he was going to be a receiver. And it was just kind of like, nah, man, that ain't it. Uh, and I think uh, college coaches started to have that conversation with him. And by the time he was uh, you know, into well into his high school career, he kind of abandoned those plans. And he's probably going to be a little bit like Micah in that, yeah, I can do that. I can go out there and I can play. And I and I think he could play receiver or H-back. You know, he's probably a little bit big for a receiver right now. He's 225, 230 pounds. Um, but I think he could play that at uh, – you know, an FBS level. I don't know if he'd be a Big Ten scholarship guy at that side, but I mean, it's uh, it, he's just a, a really interesting prospect where you put him out on any field and and or any you know playing surface. I mean, he's a really good basketball player. You you heard Ch- Charles Power and uh, Barton Simmons talk about that earlier. You just put him out there. He goes out. He dominates. He wins. He's the best player on any in any arena that he's in. So I really like that about him. And and really, he's not the the athletic freak that Micah is. And Micah, you know, we kind of toss freak around a little bit. Uh, Micah was such such a good football player and such a good athlete. So the, the average is kind of uh, evened out where, you know, you've got a guy like Jason Oway who's a, a certified freak who really need to work on football player. Uh, Jacobs is a really, really good football player and a really, really good athlete. So it kind of uh, evens out in that regard. Um, what I like about him, you just, you, you know, you just throw, you just, he, every drill he's out in front. We saw him at camp this year. Damien Robinson was in that group. A couple of other guys, really good players were in that group. He just has that alpha mentality and that's what you need. Um, and that's what you're kind of looking for from these five stars and something that we've obviously missed in the past. So um, I like that, you know, you can compare him to Micah as a football player. You you got you want guys like that on your team. You want guys like Keandre Lambert, who was a really good defender, really good special teams player. In the next class, yeah, I love Jaleel Farouk. That's no secret. Trevion Henderson, uh, you know, you throw the man crush around there. Derek Davis is the same way. You want as many of these guys on that on the roster as you possibly can have. And Curtis Jacobs certainly fits that mold as this class's alpha. You mentioned him being the front of the line, and, and after each of those reps, who was in his ear? Micah Parsons, Jesse Lucchetto was out there as well, and uh, they were, you know, pretty much after every one of those drill sessions we saw him uh, attend at, at Penn State's camp on the practice field, those guys were in his ear, they were encouraging him, and then, uh, you know, Curtis told me last year before his senior season that he got to spend some quality time with Micah Parsons at the opening finals, he was invited down there, Micah had, had made that journey as a high school prospect as well, and Micah was brought back as they do uh, on that 
circuit. They brought him back as a counselor. So they've spent some significant time together. I think it's going to be a built-in veteran presence for him to lean on. And, you know, all of a sudden we're, we're talking about Micah as a veteran presence. He's in year three and uh, really a nice resource for Curtis Jacobs, not just because they both come from uh, high-profile recruiting backgrounds and, and share that position. But, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot to like about that relationship as it grows if you're a Penn State fan. And by the way, Talk about a relationship growing. The McDonough School, uh, three straight years now, Penn State's recruiting class has uh, featured a player from that program, P.J. Mustafer in the 2018 class, fellow defensive tackle Devon Ellis last cycle, and then now, of course, Curtis Jacobs. And then we look ahead toward the future, they've got two top 100, 100 overall prospects, two top five guys in the state of Maryland for the 2022 class. Quan Williams, Danny Dennis Sutton, both of them projected to play on the defensive line. So you look to establish that pipeline, continue it. And I think, you know, so far you like what PJ Mustafer has brought to the table. Devon Ellie's impressed on the scout team from what we saw. And, you know, you, you, you take care of that and you nourish that as much as you can if you're Penn State. Yeah, uh, Sean Spencer's been a regular visitor down there. Brent Pry's been down there a bunch. I know James Franklin did his in-home with Curtis Jacobs earlier this week. Uh, Dennis Sutton, the number 32 prospect. He's a good-looking kid, uh, 6'5", 250, going to be an eventual defensive end, maybe maybe move inside. Um, but uh, he's, there's a lot to like about uh, about those guys down there. Yeah, and we'll get into everybody else who made the top 24-7 in these final rankings that just popped up on Tuesday. But first, a word from our sponsors. Curtis Jacobs was the headliner leaping into that five-star company in the final 24-7 rankings. He is joined by six other Penn State players in the top 24-7. The top 24-7 is settled. We're going to learn about the rankings beyond that. We'll tell you who else is going to be involved there for Penn State. But we'll go in order here, Sean. Number 60, tight end Theo Johnson. Number 155, safety Enzo Jennings. Number 162, Keziah Holmes at running back. Number 171, linebacker Zariah Fisher. Number 179, Keandre Lambert at receiver. And number 201, Kevon Lee, another running back. So two running backs for Penn State in the top 24-7. That's going to be fun to watch. They got six guys in that group that could all play uh, this year in 2020. And then you look at, at, at this group, a lot of early enrollees. That stands out. Johnson's on campus. Jennings is on campus. Holmes, Lambert also already enrolled. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a good group. I mean, obviously this, like we said, it's an off year for Penn State. You you hope you don't string a couple of those together. But if your off years in, in, include a five star and the number sixty prospect and the number one fifty five, one sixty two, you know, I, I you know it's it, it's still a really good group where you can find some some really good players coming out of it. Uh, Theo at sixty, I'm fine with. I mean, you know, you'd like to I would like to see more of him at Under Armour. Of course, had the shoulder injury. Enzo Jennings is an interesting guy, and I I know we've talked about him a couple of times he's got versatility could play corner you know we see him as a safety Penn State believes I believe sees him as a safety as well but went down to Under Armour had a really good week a quietly good week talked to people that were down there they said hey this kid could play and you kind of forgot about him throughout the process um, you know, he was a guy that went to the opening and you really didn't hear too many updates on him. It, Alan True was on our site. Was basically, nobody threw his way. And it's not that he was locking down the field. It's just nobody threw his way. I mean, it's just one of those things that happens. So uh, really, really happy to see Enzo hold firm because you thought that he was a guy that maybe would drop at the end of the cycle and it did not happen. Keziah Holmes, I think probably could be higher. We've talked about him a bunch. Zariah Fisher above Keandre Lambert. I think that one's really interesting because I'm a big fan of, of Keandre Lambert. And I think he could really be a, a good player at Penn State. Zariah Fisher, um, you know, still a bit of a tweener. So, you know, kind of 
parse those rankings and see which ones could be higher. Kevon Lee, I'm still all over the board on Kevon Lee. Really not much uh, of a senior year because I just one of the probably the worst one of the worst coach teams that I've seen. And I, I feel bad saying that about anybody, but you ask anybody that's down in that Clearwater area and it's just really not a lot of structure to what he did. But when he was out there, made some really good plays. And he's another guy that could make plays on both sides of the ball. So, um, you know, I, I think probably not as spectacular as a back that uh, of uh, Keziah Holmes stature. But you look at last year, I mean, Devin Ford and, and Noah Kane kind of had the same thing. And I, I was not as bullish on, on Noah Kane. And Tyler, I know you're a big fan of Noah Kane. So um, it's just a really interesting to see where he fits because obviously he's going to a room where there will be six guys five or six guys or whatever um and it's just going to be interesting to see how they handle Kevon Lee when he gets to campus uh, and of course he's not coming in until the summer yeah this is the second consecutive class where you see uh you know two blue chip running backs coming in we mentioned the tight end room is going to add Theo Johnson he's number three among tight ends I just checked that list Sean uh but additionally a late change to position wise Tyler Warren has been labeled an athlete of course uh, early in his recruitment process committed to Virginia Tech as a quarterback coming to Penn State at tight end he'll be on campus this summer he's a three sports star Barton Simmons raved about his potential said he may be a, end up being a five-star level talent but they can't go guessing because they don't know what he'll look like at tight end but he ends up inside the top 20 in the final tight end rankings he's going to be one of the more highly rated three stars but Again, talking about stockpiling talent, we talked about it at running back just now, earlier at linebacker, tight end now. They have signed five top 20 tight end prospects in the past three cycles. Pat Fryermuth is the guy who leads the way there, but Tyler Bowen has a lot to work with. Yeah, Warren's a guy that I thought could be considered for four-star status. There are a couple guys in this class that I thought maybe could get that slight bump that uh, they were just outside. Uh, Tyler Warren and Olufashanu were the two that, that I really thought could could really uh, make an argument, but uh, really there's a lot of unknowns with Tyler Warren, but you put on his senior film, he's not just a quarterback. I mean, he was, he was moving around. They played him at receiver. They played him at tight end. You put on his basketball film. I mean, just a lot to like about Tyler Warren. He's just spent so much time playing basketball. It's tough to uh, really forecast where he's going to be three years from now, but he's athletic enough. I think he's a guy that a lot of people forget about in this class just because he was so quiet, no Twitter, all that kind of stuff, but really like what they brought to the table with Tyler Warren. I'm glad to see him get a bump uh, this late in the game. Doesn't really always happen with those three-star guys because we're so focused on the, the four-star and the top 24-7 and all that stuff, but Tyler Warren, I think, certainly deserves it. We'll find out where he lands in the final rankings. It goes pretty deep. I'm not sure what the the number is capped off, but but they talk this through all the way down through the hundreds, well beyond the top 24-7, and that's where you'll find a few more four-stars, Sean. Uh, list them right now. Wide receiver Parker Washington, cornerback Joe Johnson, defensive end Bryce Mostella, and linebacker Tyler Elsden. Elsden got that midseason bump. Uh, each of these guys got a bump from 24-7 at some point, moving from three-star to four-star. They weren't really stagnant. They didn't have any kind of big drop. Mastella and Joe Johnson already added to that defensive uh, defensive group this year. They'll be on the field for spring practice. Uh, Elsden there as well. I should have mentioned him. And then Parker Washington, highly anticipated addition coming later in the year at receiver. Each of those guys are four-stars. So when you factor in the top 24-7 guys, these four, uh, you're looking at 11 different players who are in that blue chip category in this class. Jacobs is the five-star, 10 others in four-star territory. Yeah, and those composite rankings will will shuffle out then. We're not math guys, so it's not going to happen. But Parker Washington and Tyler Elsden, you got a couple of high floor guys that are more athletic than you probably give them credit for. 
uh, Joe Johnson's. There's a lot to like there. He's going to need to develop, uh, you know, the physicality part of that game, but he is on campus for the spring. Bryce Mostella, I mean, you're throwing darts at the dartboard there or the wall there. Um, this is an all potential type guy. Um, he is on campus. He's got a phenomenal frame. He's got good athletic base, flexibility, bloodlines. He's got a lot of checks, a lot of boxes. You know, it just hasn't come through with the football aspect of it. So that's more of a projection than anything. So, I mean, boomer bust right there with uh, with Bryce Mostella. But it's going to be really interesting to follow him on and off the field over the next couple of years. Mentioned this last week. I'll do it one more time today. We put together uh, profiles for all 11 of the early enrollees, high school highlight film, scouting reports from 24-7, analyst uh, perspective from the players themselves about their journey to this point, what lies ahead for them in Happy Valley. We got all 11 of those up on the site right now, our Freshman Spotlight Series. You can find them in one location as well, online dot 247com uh, Just an opportunity to get to know some of these new Nittany Lions uh, speaking of new Nittany Lions, uh, none to report yet on the 2021 recruiting trail. There are three that have been in place for a while in that class. Uh, Sean's little brother, Liam Clifford. You've got Nate Bruce at offensive line and then Nick Elksness out of Jacksonville, Florida. We're continuing to get his name right more often now as he's been in the class for a while at the tight end position. But there was a big fish on campus last week, a five-star in his own right, Landon Tangwall, and you got a chance to catch up with him after he spoke with with Phil Troutwine in person on campus and getting back uh, to Happy Valley. It's all about that comfort level for Landon Tangwall. He's been on campus so many times, of course, going back to you know his middle school years, but now it's about meeting Phil Troutwine, seeing what he can do as a teacher, as a coach, um, and, and really how you sort of vibe with with a guy with a with a new coach that is probably going to be there for a couple of years when if you're planning on coming here. Um, nothing really changing about the the Tangwall recruitment. It's good to get him up, good to get him comfortable. Uh, I think as long as Tyler Bowen is is on uh, on the scene here, I think Penn State's got a really good shot. I think it's been an underrated recruiting job by Bowen so far. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to come down really. I mean, Michigan's still in it, but it's really going to come down to Penn State and Notre Dame. He's got two Notre Dame trips set up, uh, one in late March, one in early uh, April for his official visit. He's got a Penn State visit between those two. And then he's, you know, I expect him to come back to Penn State for an official after that Notre Dame official. I still like where Penn State stands. I mean, you've got uh, an opportunity to, to move on one of the best uh, high school lineman prospects in the country. And as we've mentioned a bunch, this region, man, th- it, this is the year to do it if you're Penn State. It's big time. And, and Tengwell's a guy who's, you know, since he surfaced on Penn State's recruiting radar and just about everybody's recruiting radar, you know, as a freshman in high school, he has been quite candid throughout the process. He'll tell you what he doesn't like. He'll tell you what he likes. And he'll tell you who's still involved in this recruitment. And, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, he's a straight shooter. You got a chance to experience that. I've talked to him a few times. I uh, would love to get him on the podcast. He would be a great guest down the road. Um, staying with the five-star theme, Sean, Tony Grimes, cornerback out of Virginia, a kid that I had a chance to see in camp last year. Hopefully, we'll do so again uh, this upcoming spring. I mean, he's everything you look for at the cornerback position. Another long guy. He is the number one overall cornerback, I believe, in the composite rankings right now for 2021. He has repeatedly spoken about Penn State, and so is his father, as a legitimate contender in a very widespread recruitment process, and he'll get another chance to take a closer look this upcoming weekend. Yep, he's going to be back on campus. That's a big one. I mean, he's a franchise corner type guy, top of the board for Penn State, really at any defensive position. So, 
I mean, you, you're getting him back on campus. Uh, I think he was supposed to go to Clemson last weekend and didn't. Uh, some schools have popped up as potential official visit spots. Penn State has been a constant in that. And so that so far, they've done a really good job of selling that. I mean, this is going to be one that goes out till uh, I, I think December first is when he announced that he he's said. going to announce his announcement of his announcement. Um, said he's going to announce on the twenty or on on the first of December. I almost got through that. Um, but uh, to get him back to campus is just huge, as we mentioned with Brian Doan last week. And by the way, if you haven't listened to our segment with Brian Doan last week, it was fantastic, not just because I was on it, but uh, it was a, a really good, I guess, sort of recruiting talk that maybe maybe just more than just facts about different kids. It was, it was different insight. Um, but Tony Grimes getting back on campus, that's going to be his last impression until he gets to uh, take his officials, until he gets to go out and see other places in March, and then, move, of course, move on to his officials in April and, and May. June. So um, Tony Grimes getting back on campus. I mean, he's a five-star. I mean, it was was funny because I posted uh, about Lynn and Tangwall uh, five-star visiting in the Tony Grimes thread this week. I couldn't keep them straight. We got too many five-star visitors. We got some other visitors coming in to campus this weekend. Stay tuned to the site, Lions 24-7. There's a bunch of offered guys coming in for a smaller junior day. uh, And it's really a good impression to make a, a lasting uh, impact on those guys moving into the dead period. Nice to take advantage of this window for Penn State. Back-to-back weekends, you're hosting a five-star. You got to like that. Uh, let, let's use our imagination a little bit and, and turn towards 2023's recruiting class. Uh, they are now in double digits in offers. They sent another one out to a Texas linebacker this week. I believe they, they have now offered 11 players who are currently, um, you know, three quarters the way, halfway through their freshman year of high school. One of them is Matthias Barnwell, and he goes by the nickname of Mega for good reason. Six foot five, 250 pounds as a high school freshman. It goes to Spotsylvania high school in Virginia have a story up for my conversation with him on Monday up on lines 24 seven right now check that out but Sean this is a kid who says his dream position is tight end you know you you, you kind of add things up on where he's going to go physically already six foot five 250 you're thinking maybe a franchise offensive tackle um, but you know you, you do watch the film the kid can move around there and he can hole in the ball and and it, you know that's what Penn State is telling him that that he is on their board right now but we've got a long way to go here for him but it's always fascinating to follow these recruitments that start as a freshman they are few and far between you know some notable recent ones Derek Davis who was on campus earlier this month he was the first guy on Penn State's board that out of Western Pennsylvania earlier in his career of course Micah Parsons was one of the first offers extended by by James Franklin the first offer in that 2018 recruiting class as a high school freshman so again long way to go but Barnwell uh, you know, that size, and, and I'll tell you what, it seems like a well-put-together kid in terms of how he's approaching this situation as well. Yeah, it's um, it's a really interesting situation because this is the nature of the beast these days. You're offering uh, high school freshmen. Uh, not everybody likes it. I mean, obviously, we're not crazy about, uh, you know, putting the spotlight on them that soon because, you know, often, often enough— uh, it can go wrong more than it goes right. Um, but Mega Barnwell, his, his nickname is Mega. This is, uh, you know, a play on words that you're going to hear for the next couple of years. That size is legit. I mean, this kid is freaking huge. 6'5", 250. Um, he says he's a tight end. I mean, he's going to find out over the next couple of years how much he wants to be a tight end because a lot of schools are going to be coming after him as an offensive tackle, as a defensive lineman. 
He's certainly got everything that you want, uh, and he's already got. I mean, he's got better size than most uh, most of these different uh, most of these different 2020 guys. So, be really interesting to follow over the next couple of years. Penn State's gotten him on campus a few times. They've gotten a chance to, to develop an early relationship, and and really, they can't do too much at this point with these freshmen. They can call their coaches, they can have those kids call them, but they can't you know text them, they can't send them DMs until September 1st of their junior year. So that's going to be a long recruitment uh, for Mr. Barnwell. It's going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting one to follow because there's going to be a lot of schools after him. I think I may have just went right into the topic of him without addressing why I was going into the topic. He is going to be on campus this weekend as well, um, and it will be his second overall trip to Penn State. Uh, Barnwell's first time on campus since attending Beaver Stadium for the whiteout game last year when Penn State beat Michigan. Obviously, that is quite an introduction to the campus. This will give a chance, more of an intimate setting, and, and, and to have more conversations with coaching staff members while on campus. And uh, He said he's looking forward to, to checking out more of the university beyond just the the stadium and, and, and where the football players are. So, uh, we'll keep tabs on him. We will not, uh, you know, be applying the full court pressure as far as interviews go with Matias. We'll let him, uh, play it out for him, but they were his first power five offer since then. Pittsburgh, Duke, uh, Virginia, Virginia tech have also piled onto that power five list and fully expect that to expand once he gets on the camp circuit, uh, this spring and into the summer. We'll see how things, uh, shape out for him. So going from the distant future to, to the present, in-home visits are happening right now. We'll wrap up the recruiting conversation with us. And, and the cool thing about it, this is it's no longer a recruiting visit. It's nothing like that. These are, you know, coaches going in, mom, dad, and uncle, friends from the neighborhood, whoever, grandma, uh, boy, you know, uh, girlfriends, everybody gets together and, and it's a party. I mean, I think Franklin has referred to it as a, you know, what happens on the in-home visit stays on the in-home visit. You know, mom and dad might serve up some, some favorite drinks along the way, uh, to a coach or two, but you know, it's cool. You see a lot of these photos out. I've seen you retweeting a bunch of them, Sean, and there's a relief on this, on the faces of a lot of these guys. It's a little tricky for a guy like Kirk Sharaka, who's in these living rooms. He's being thrown thrown in after these recruitment processes have taken, you know, months and in some cases years to get to this point. So that that's a little tricky within transition, but you know, a lot of smiles out there, a lot of celebrating and, you know, these these players are about to get to work, you know, many of their classmates are already on campus putting in that work. Um, it's always a nice thing to see. It's it's a, it's a new chapter for them and, you know, it, the recruiting stuff goes out the window. Yeah, there's a lot of good stories in this class. I mentioned uh, you saw Keziah Izzard had uh, James Franklin in his home Tuesday morning. Uh, we're recruiting on a Tuesday afternoon. There's a kid that, that, whose family was displaced by a fire, um, I think, in December of 2018. So they've been through a lot. And, you know, it's just it's sort of the culmination of all that kind of stuff. So to see that happen in between his stops at some of the other schools. And, you know, he went to uh, uh, see Olu Fushanu on Monday evening. But, well, he's got to go to Gonzaga that day. And, you know, who's at Gonzaga? Of course, Caleb Williams. So, um, you know, the, so it's... It, it's interesting, and when I guess the after signing day, when this kind of uh, dies down in that February dead period, we, we talked to some of the recruiting people at Penn State uh, on the first signing day to get an insight on what it takes or what goes into that travel and all that kind of stuff. So it's interesting nerd stuff. I don't know that everybody will find it interesting, but it's it, it, it's some really cool stuff to see how much goes into this time of year because it's uh, you know you pop your head in, you you go see these guys for a few minutes or a couple of hours or whatever, but there's so much that goes into this this time of year for the staff that you know essentially goes unreported 
And as punishment for, for the belt faux pas, they sent Taylor Stubblefield to Canada in late January. I'm just kidding. It was Malik Mega that he was visiting and checking in on uh, as he establishes the relationship. We talk about the the celebratory nature of this, and you know, guys like Tyler Bowen and 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 Sean Spencer who have been involved with these recruiting process every step of the way. This is catch up time for guys like Stubblefield, Sharaka, and of course now Troutwine, where you know they got to meet mom and dad, and and they got to you know further along convince mom and dad that they're going to be a valuable resource and for the upcoming years. Of course, you've got the rest of the staff vouching for them, but this is where you break some ice as well. Yeah, and Troutwine's been all over the place. Uh, got some more uh, those offensive line targets coming in this weekend. Of course, going to meet, meet Nate Bruce, the uh, excuse me, Nate Bruce, the uh, Harrisburg offensive lineman that's been a longtime commit for Penn State. Uh, going to meet him for the first time this weekend. So a lot of moving parts on that offensive line. Of course, we we focus on those top targets, the, the Tangwalls, Nolan Ruchis, Tristan Lee, Wyatt Millam, and some other guys. But uh, Phil Trout line is putting in a lot of work right now as a recruiter he is and uh, he's off to a fast start they all are and we'll find out more about uh their fortunes this weekend from 24 7 follow our network of course for the latest coverage and, and feedback from this another from another wave of recruiting visitors uh we've mentioned a couple of them we'll have more names as they trickle out over the course of the week online 24 7 uh sean we we did this as a special uh today with the, the rankings dropping we're going to bring a second episode which is has not been the case with two episodes per week but we're going to come back later we'll have another early enrollee interview We'll see what else pops up on the Penn State beat between now and then. Anything else to throw in here? We, we've given a, a served up quite the helping of recruiting coverage here uh, on a, on an early week episode. No, not really. I've been angling for a bathroom break for about twenty minutes, but we just keep talking. But uh, no, we're we're trying to find our off season footing here, and I know it's not ideal because sometimes we've got a lot of stuff to talk about, sometimes we don't. But we're still figuring out what our best course of action is: a one episode, two episodes, is it shorter episode, whatever. Uh, if you have any feedback, of course, let us know um, and uh, and continue to listen, continue to follow us on lions247.com. Got a promo running right now, of course, uh, as we usually do. Um, but uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, Tyler, do you got anything else? I think I'm good for now. I'll have some coverage. I'm, I'm going to be coming off this podcast and, and putting some stuff together on, on more you know, of these rankings and some of the uh, the spotlight of these Penn State players who landed in them, especially Curtis Jacobs, some thoughts from the analysts, some thoughts from the Penn State coaching staff, and uh, some things like that. But now we'll, we'll be on the site, and we'll be back later this week. So I think we're good. Awesome. Oh, well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for always for listening. The yeah, the numbers are up, and we're, we're we're pleased with the episodes we're putting out. But uh, until the next episode, he's Tyler Donahue. I'm Sean Fitz. Thanks for joining us on the Lions 24-7 podcast.